بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد we express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so continuing along our exploration of the decline and fall of the children of Israel let us look at some more ayat and Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum salam warahmatullah. Sammy, did you find out who Steve Urkel was? Alrighty, and so we were speaking about the event of the people of the fish, and so we had an extensive discussion about that yesterday. There's one additional point I wanted to make about miracles, and then getting to Ayah 66. فَجَعَلْنَاهَا نَكَالَ لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيْهَا وَمَا خَلْفَهَا وَمَا عِزَةً لِلْمُتَّقِينَ So we made it a deterrent, a deterring punishment. Uh, for those who, who were there, and then those who come later, there's the word khilafa, those who come later, okay, as well as like an admonition for the people of taqwa. So now we have another step towards getting taqwa, which is to take lessons from the events of history. Frequently we had, we had uh, another event of the people uh, of getting taqwa, which was to hold tight to the revelation. So, question about miracles. Uh, you know, the terms we use are mu'jiza and karama. Uh, mu'jiza is, is something that cannot be imitated. This is also the term that's used for the Qur'an, the ajaz of the Qur'an, that it cannot be imitated. One thing that's very fascinating is that the Qur'an doesn't as categorically say that it is preserved. There is the ayah in Surah Al-Hijr that we all quote, that it's on a preserved tablet. Uh, but more than that, it says it cannot be imitated. Uh, and then karama can uh, happen to people, whereas ma'jiza is limited to prophets, peace be upon them, as a categorical thing. But both of them essentially point to, in English, the idea of miracles. What is it that makes a miracle a miracle? How would you answer that question? Because we've spoken about quite, in a, few, quite a few miracles that uh, the children of Israel received. Any thoughts? Feel free to talk or to type. So, hold on. Sorry, some technical difficulties here. There it is, okay. So Musaba basically asking, uh, what is it that makes a miracle a miracle? And so Sami is saying it defies the known laws of the universe. I do think that is commonly the way we speak of it. Uh, Asma saying things that don't typically happen. Uh, Leith is saying discontinuity, discontinuity of the natural order. Uh, Sharak is saying it seems to bend the laws of nature. Ikhbal is saying 
physically impossible things, uh, can't repeat at any given time, something that is unknown to human nature in a good way, good emphasis. Uh, that's actually an important point that a miracle is a good thing that's happening. What would be the opposite of side point? What would be the opposite of a miracle? Like something that defies the laws of physics and everything. Uh, but uh, but it's not a good thing. Yeah, we'd probably use the term curse more than omen. Omen, we might interpret that to be a sign, like a foreboding, a bad sign. But uh, one point I'd like you to consider is uh, with miracles, Oh, here it is. With miracles, uh, usually, okay, so, so these are the terms ma'jiza and karama. Okay. And what's common with them is that the world operates in habits. And so from a science perspective, we'd say that the word operates in patterns. And so this is something out of the habit of the Sunnah of Allah. And to help make the point, so this is outside of what seems to be the Sunnah of Allah. So the habits in which Allah Ta'ala does things, we call it the adat, same word in Urdu. And, and so what is, uh, when I let go of this, this stylus, uh, we're all expecting it to fall down. Maybe one of you might be expecting it to stay in place or fly up in the air. I'm expecting it to fall down. And because of how expensive this is, I'm not gonna drop it. Anyway, so we would say why? Because that's the ada. That's the, the habit of what happens. And, and, and so, so the point is that these would be things outside of, of the habit, okay? like the revelation of the Quran itself, okay? or the splitting of the moon. Then usually when we speak of miracles, we often speak of them as defying physics, right? So then that raises the question, can, if you want to share Using that definition, uh, does anyone want to share a miracle that they have observed, that they have experienced? Meaning we trust that the reports of miracles are true, like the splitting of the sea, like the birth of Isa alayhi salam. Uh, but chances are most of the things that we would point to, we might call miraculous as opposed to miracles. Does YouTube count? <laughs> Very nice, mashallah. Meaning YouTube itself, or you're saying, you're saying things we've seen on YouTube. Uh, if you can, if you can, uh, Musab, if you can direct us to a YouTube video that has miracles, we can take it into, into uh, consideration. You know, you remind me of this uh, student I had well, okay, we'll stop. See if you can find something that would be that you would regard as a miracle that is captured on on YouTube. Uh, this reminds me of this physician. That so, was Omar, taking, uh, yeah, Professor Sahab, uh, a question that you know. So, if if miracle is defined and going against the physical laws, so why the the great scholars like Sayyid Ahmed Khan and all those other try to prove them? using the science in their age and time. I don't know that they're trying to prove miracles as much as they're trying to prove the orderly but, operation of the universe. But, but they try to like um, relate those miracles in the scientific manner. And that's what we've been trying to, to do sometime here also, like right, in today's time. 
I mean, that's, uh, I mean, those are two very, very different points. Uh, I can't speak to what, what some of these, these modern Muslim thinkers have done because uh, I need very specific, I need specifics. I mean, the extent of what I know about Sir Sayyid Ahmed Khan is that he's using angels to, to explain uh, physical phenomena. I don't know how far he goes in terms of miracles. Um, there are the people like the Pervezi movement where it seems that they don't believe in miracles at all. Um, but, um, uh, uh, but then they seem to fall short on just the belief in the Quran itself. But that's just the one point. The other point you're making is in terms of, of trying to rationally explain things today. Um, that I think is, is very, very common. Uh, uh, but still will be stuck because how do you explain Allah and how do you explain angels? Yeah. Uh, let's see what do we have here. Musab says, one miracle I saw on YouTube when it started raining on Arafat during Hajj. Okay, I wouldn't call that a miracle. I mean, why would that be a miracle? That just sounds like a weather, a weather pattern. It's been raining at Hajj for quite a few years. Uh, an atmospheric river came for a week so that it gave us uh, gave an abundance for a short time. Stephanie, so if you can explain that. Oh, wait, wait, first part. While in California in a drought and no rain in the forecast, we attended a rain prayer. On the way home, we could see the clouds in the distance. It rained lightly the next day. And then you're saying the next week an atmospheric river came for a week or so that gave an abundance. I would suggest that uh, uh, um, naturally I would like to connect that with the prayer, but we can also say that, I mean, that's uh, an anomalous weather pattern, but it doesn't seem to define or defy physics. Uh, Omar al-Khadr, this is exactly what I'm asking. Can anyone name something that is clearly a miracle. Iqbal, a plane exploded and steward has survived. I'd say it's miraculous. Don't know that I'd call it a miracle in the same way we speak about the splitting of the sea. Ah, true dreams and premonitions, deja vu. Okay, so, so, so what about the argument we make that if I'm sleeping, you know, uh, 365 nights a year, and, and uh, who knows how many dreams I have in a given night. Let's say hypothetically I have four dreams in a given night. It seems to me that the odds are in favor that at some point I will see something in a dream that does come true. Uh, Dr. Mahan, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah. And so, so deja vu I think is harder to explain. I think we all know the feeling but I don't know that we can explain it beyond that. Ravi so, was saying, uh, uh, I was a few minutes late, so I think I may have missed how we are operationalizing miracle versus miraculous. Okay, so I'm saying, if we speak of a miracle as something defining physics, right, known physics, I'm asking, has anyone witnessed a miracle? Uh, somebody some, uh, was just uh, uh, was speaking, I'm sorry, who was that? That was me, I was just yes. <laughs> gonna engage the the dream thing so you know i understand what you're saying and yeah. i'm probably on your side but just to for the sake of um you know trying to unpack this a little bit so my mother she's very uh sensitive person and uh, deeply emotional deeply loving and she had there's two incidents i'm quickly going to describe very quickly uh, she had a dream. My father was a fighter pilot in Pakistan Air Force that, uh, of an ejection. And um, the pilot didn't survive. And it was one of my father's colleagues. And the next day, my father ejected. Mm. And he did survive, but he nearly didn't make it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's possible, that, you know, in the Air Force, you can expect that. But my, bro my brother was kidnapped by the Taliban. That's another story. Mm -hmm. And he was expected home and around the exact same time they later found out he was kidnapped. She was in extreme distress um, without knowing why. Mm -hmm. she, could, she couldn't not, almost not stand. She needed support and they didn't know what was going on. So was there some kind of connection there? Is that miraculous or is it a miracle? What is that? Anyways. No, no, thank you for sharing, Swala. Uh, okay, so I also have to distinguish between me in the role of teaching the lesson versus me and my own belief. I would totally take those as miracles, as real things, right? Including premonition dreams. Uh, in terms of the argument of, of the lesson, 
yeah, uh, uh, this is uh, sort of the point, the, the question that I'm raising is, uh, is it something that we can say other people are witnessing as irrefutable? In the case of, of your mother's experience, it seems as though other people are, are witnessing her experience that uh, at the, what is later discovered to be exactly the same time. So okay, Uma, let me jump in over here with my grandmother's story. Okay. So this is also the fun my, of this is that we can hear all these wonderful stories. Yeah, go for it. So my grandfather, my maternal grandfather was taken ill. Mm -hmm. And uh, and basically the doctors uh, gave up on him and told my uncles and my uh, to go get my grandmother to, to, to ask her to say her goodbyes because he wasn't expected to survive the night. My grandmother was uh, around 55 at the time. She comes in and she has brought her, she's brought to the bedside. Now bear in mind, this is Pakistan, 1961, 1961, yes. Uh, 1969, 1961. So she comes in, uh, uh, my, my mom and my uncles tell her the, my grandfather's condition and so forth and ask her to say goodbye and to go. And she basically comes to my grandfather's bedside, uh, says salams and turns away and starts walking out. Uh -huh. And my uncle said, hey, mom, you know, he, you want to stay more and so forth because this is what... So she just says, you know, uh, there's no way I'm going to accept being a widow. Uh, I, God is not going to do this to me. And I know uh, I'm not going to take it from him. Mm -hmm. She just calmly went uh, back home. And everybody else thought that, uh, you know, just to leave her alone because they thought she was in shock. She went home, she prays two rakas, uh, and she basically makes one dua. She tells uh, Allah that you're going to take one. Let it be me rather than him because I will not accept becoming a widow. Mm -hmm. Within a week, my grandfather was home. Next week, my grandmother was gone. And my grandfather never fell ill till he died in a road accident several years later. Okay. So how would you classify it? Miracle? Or, or a fantastic <laughs> dua. So Omar, Omar that, um, that story, uh, is it like a vision and miracle? are the exchangeable. And I think, I don't want to go with the detail, but you know, I think most of you guys on the call is knows about my story and my miracles have been 18 months of my whole life to me and my family. Um, so I don't, want to, I don't want to bore you for that one in New York. Sure, share, share briefly for, for, there's a lot of people here who don't know you, only if you want to share. Yeah, so, so I like, so a lot of things happen, you know, we, we lost the children. We lost our family, we lost our kids after 9-11, and then, you know, we found them back. But in between, I mean, I've been through a lot of transformation, and we have a very close friend for most of us on this call, like a brother to us. He's a doctor in New Jersey, and he actually changed his job, and he went to Nashville to have a job. And I saw him one night uh, that, you know, like, he was so stressful and he is having a lot of problem about the financial issues. So I called him right after the fire and then uh, I said, you're okay. And he told me that, you know, uh, yes, he's okay, no problem. And then around 9.30, same day, I got uh, a hey, 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 Dr. Malahat, you're breaking up. Oh, where, where you lost me? Okay, I heard, yeah, he's okay. Yeah, so, so around, in, around 9.30 or 10 o'clock Eastern time on the same day, I received a call back from him mm -hmm. and he said he lost his job. Um, and then he's heading back to New Jersey. Um, so, you know, and then, then mashallah, he started his own business and now mashallah, he owns around $10, $10 million business um, in New Jersey. Um, so, so, yeah, so I was talking to him uh, after that, you know, we, we, every time we met, we talk about these kind of things, but he said, this is more like a vision when you're so close to someone, like your heart is close to some people, um, you know, you, you feel connection and their pain within you. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Like, I'm the recent one, like two weeks ago, I saw like Zia and myself, we both died. <laughs> you should sure that's not, and, that's not wish fulfillment. Anyway, yeah. And, and we, we met in Jannah. Mm -hmm. We both are flying over there. Yeah. So Zia is making a big joke out of it, but you know. You were flying uh, over Jannah? You sure you weren't stopping there? No, no, I'm, I, we, we both are flying in Jannah and Zia got a job that, you know, he can take the inventory of who's coming in from where to the Jannah today. So he's like a more like an inventory control over there. So, so these can, you know, and then, then, you know, that my, my children issue, right? So we lost our children and there's- oh, Just uh, so everyone understands uh, the, when he's saying we lost, he's saying DCFS took the children away. Right, two of them for yeah. 18 months. And we've been through so many, I think, North America, if not the whole world, at least like all the major countries, doctor, that, you know, what happening happened to the, the one on this call right now. And um, not, there is no scientific or medical reason we found. And then suddenly, um, you know, uh, my brother, he used to live in um, Saudi Arabia and he have a colleague working in the, uh, the Kingdom Saudi Arabia Telecom, he told him that, you know, my brother is in a, this kind of situation. And he says, oh, my brother, actually, he is a, he is a doctor for the, the bone medicine. And um, so send, send your child file to him. So we did. And then, you know, he's the one actually told them that, you know, there is a, there is a disease called osteogenesis imperfecta. Um, that is like... Yeah, this like a brittle bone disease. So mm -hmm. when you even change the diaper, so the children bone can have a hairline fracture or something. Mm -hmm. And that was happened, you know, so, so, you know, all of a sudden that person actually fly on his own dime from Ireland and came to testify in the court. And then, you know, everything is went away in like, within six, seven hours, like Whoa. no time. Uh, and you know, I, 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 I want to give him like honorarium and all his flying back and forth trip and he refused to do that. Mm. And we are talking about non-Muslim person, by the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you know, so many people like Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, uh, you know, connected me with some psychologists, you know, and the other people and Aisha and so many people like play so much role. I mean, in that, the whole process, right? Like one of our friends, he's in Lahore right now. I mean, you know, very first day when this thing happened to me and my family, and we have only like a $2,500 in cash in hand. It's, it's like, and I'm talking about like after like four days after 9-11, by the way. So just uh -huh. keep in mind, right? Everything is uh -huh. closed. Nothing is open. Uh -huh. So, um, so you know, the two of my friends, they both are dentists. One passed away, may Allah bless his soul. And the other one is Lahore right now. Um, they came in, right, you know, they drove back from Queens to Rockland County and, you know, they came to us and then, you know, we said we have nothing else to do because kids are gone and then, you know, we are cleaning our house and we found like a brown bag sitting next to the, the sofa my friend was sitting mm -hmm. and there's like a $50,000 cash in there mm -hmm. and uh, that kind of, that person actually, he never told me that he leaving the money there mm -hmm. and he just left the money there. And, you know, so I called him and he said, no, that, you know, take care of the kids, get the kids back. So cares and everything else. So what I'm trying to say that, you know, I don't know, is Allah SWT is helping you in a, so many manner and so many brothers like coming and staying with us, with their whole family throughout that 18 months period. Right. And it's a, it's a very long journey, but, but, you know, like they, they come as a family to stay with us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we don't need any kind of a, um, psychiatrist treatment because we have a families and friends there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it would be boring you guys with that, but. Uh, that was, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you see Hannah's, Hannah's chat. She said, uh, blue scleras are a hallmark feature of osteogenesis imperfecta. This was on her board exams with the pick of a girl. So, so what you're sharing is literally a whole sequence, multiple sequences of, of events where it starts out with this horrible thing and this long, horrible journey. And then suddenly this, this whole sequence of unexpected events, everything perfectly happening. 
Instagram. And so part of what you're illustrating as is uh, the example uh, uh, that Dr. Mahan, Dr. Kazi are, are sharing. It, one thing I want to draw attention to is part of miracles is also timing. That the perfect thing is happening at the perfect time or these things are happening exactly at the right time. And so if I asked you for, uh, if I asked anyone for, if you want to share for other examples, so forget the part about defying physics. Okay? If I ask you, can you name things where the perfect thing happened at the perfect time? Then I bet everybody in this list can, can, um, can name things, you know, just whatever, whatever the case is. I mean, only if you want to share, because I think uh, when you do share, it helps everybody else in their, in their faith type things and such. Uh, but so, for example, if we think of the splitting of the sea with Musa alayhi salam, and some of you have already heard this lesson from me, that uh, suppose, so the, the story is what? Musa alayhi salam arrives at the sea, hits his staff in the ground, and then the water splits. They walk through, they get to the other side, Pharaoh's people arrive, they're in the middle, and then the sea comes crashing down over them. What if they arrive at the sea, they, uh, he hits his staff in the ground, and nothing happens, and Pharaoh's people arrive, kill everybody, and then the sea splits, you know, a week late. Still a miracle? <coughs> and so part of the story there is that it happened at the right time that what is almost of less importance is the natural phenomena that happened or the miraculous phenomena that happened, but that it happened when it needed to happen or when it was ultimately beneficial to happen. And so that's a point I'd like us to consider in our definitions, in our understandings of miracles. So yeah, yeah speaking not as, as teacher, and semi-devil's advocate for this lesson, but as general believer as me, oh, I wholeheartedly believe in all these, these miraculous things as miracles. You know, whether we're talking about the example that Dr. Malahat mentioned, that Dr. Mahan mentioned, Dr. Kazi mentioned, uh, um, I totally take them as, as miracles, miraculous, to the point that the definition becomes irrelevant. But that I'm believing that physics is being violated. Uh, and I've had other experiences. Uh, I met a person, and some of you have heard this from me, who could literally smell your sins on you. Yeah, don't ask me how, how I actually tested it, but like he could smell it, and he would, he would speak of the smell of sin on people as the smell of sewage on people. Yeah. And related to the idea of premonition, a person uh, who would have pr these premonition type things frequently, you know, by frequently, I'm saying multiple times a week, where they'll think about something, um, they can't, and it's hard to figure out how they started thinking about this, and then it'll manifest in their lives a day later, two days later, or something like that. You know, uh, so so they're almost very very subtle moments, but uh, but the point is, yeah, I wholeheartedly believe those. Now, what we've already addressed, uh, so, so uh, Dr. Hadi is mentioning, I know someone in Syria who smells sin as well. I mean, think about how scary it would be to be around that person. <laughs> you know, or, you know, how, how beneficial it would be to, to, to learn uh, uh, what you're sharing. And so, so the point is, these are also, uh, also uh, uh, things that are in our world. And as we've already mentioned, uh, uh, a kid born as Hafiz, Iqbal, this is someone you know, or this is someone you've heard about? Unless you're talking about someone who's named Hafiz. You know, so, man, internet. Okay, so that's, that's uh, you know, that was the story I was telling before, uh, before I forget. So I had this physician who's taken my class at a, at a local college and who is, is going to give me evidence that the actual evidence that, that the moon has, has split and also that when you do sajda, it sends these magnetic, electromagnetic rays from your head to the center of the earth, to the Kaaba. And her proof from this physician was a YouTube video. 
Anyway, so so never going to take that student seriously, but uh, but then the the basic question is, okay, what is the meaning to me? So a point I've been repeating over the last few questions, and, and I'll get to some of your other questions in a moment, inshallah. What is the meaning to me? And so uh, I was giving the analogy that, uh, that a miracle is not unlike uh, a moment of prosperity. That if I'm given a windfall of wealth, for whatever reason, a promotion or I find some money, uh, it is something that can increase me in my iman, in my gratitude, if I already have a tendency to allow for that. Or it can be something that increases me in ingratitude, if that's where, sort of, so to speak, my needle is pointed. And likewise with the miraculous, with the Quraysh seeing the splitting of the moon, they weren't going to believe anyway. And so that became an excuse for them to dig their heels in further against the Prophet, peace be upon him. Whereas for someone else, uh, it, would, it would be adding to their, their faith. And so think about these small and large moments, whether we're speaking about the, you know, physics being defied, you know, or something even simpler, the perfect thing happening at the perfect timing. It's up to me to decide what does this mean to me? Is this something that will lead me to say, Alhamdulillah, okay. or yeah, no big deal. I don't really, you know, I'm not, it's just a nice coincidence or something like that. And so, so it's not the miracle that makes the faith. The miracle can enhance the faith or the miracle can be uh, reinforcing rejection of faith. Uh, so uh, near-death experiences, Musab, uh, uh, that I don't know as much about. I used to be really interested in that stuff way, way back in like the 1980s. So I don't know what the, what the sentiment is on those things now. And I think you're talking about someone is, is seeing the light at the end of the tunnel or something. I don't know if that's a firing of neurons or something else. So, so there's, a, there's a book, right? When I, I probably messing up with the name, but the, when the air become a breath. Oh, when breath becomes air, that's the guy who's but, dying? Yes, the yeah. breath That's there. a nice book. Yeah, that's a very nice book. Yes, and Musab, we have it. Oh, but uh, oh, okay, you're talking to to, to Musab. Okay, uh, so so so, uh, Dr. Javier, essentially, how to be reinforcing rejection of faith? I mean, think of how the Quraysh responded to the splitting of the moon. They said this is just witchcraft, and so so it says though I'm either someone who is seeking to get closer to Allah. Or I'm someone who is, whether I realize it or not, I'm seeking to get further away from Allah. And, and wealth falls upon me, and then that becomes a, uh, a tool through which I can go get closer to Allah. Or wealth falls upon me, and I'm going to use it for something else, for my nafs, for dunya. A miracle happens. Okay? Uh, then that helps me get even closer to Allah. This is, this is part of the greatness of Allah. Or something happens, okay, this is what I need, this is what should happen, or no, it's nothing miraculous about it, and so I'm turning away further. That's essentially uh, what I'm saying. Uh, Iqbal, uh, let me know, uh, Dr. Ali, if that, if that makes sense. Uh, Iqbal, you're saying, I have a question, objective, please explain further. Either you can turn off the microphone or talk more. Or type. Or not okay but <clears throat> Dr. Herman, i have a quick question please yeah go for it i have a like kind of like difficult time understanding how like we were talking about these like m like these sequences of events happening at like the exact perfect timing and then with dua happening and stuff isn't there like uh like so like it was supposed to happen either way and then those like it was already written for those things to happen you know, in, in that exact sequence. So would that, would that still be uh, like, um, like a miracle or miraculous? And then like, like 
uh, the person was saying like their mom, their mother made a dua and then the next day that actually came true uh, in some way. Like, how does that kind of work? Well, I would suggest when we start getting into the, the predestination discussion, that's also a very fast way to, to kill any, any, any uh, 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 belief uh, either in miracles or in dua. So, so think of it like this. Uh, there's multiple levels of predestination. One level of predestination is everything is written from start to finish. Beneath that, within that, there's a level where everything is written, including your dua, and how that is changing what it was pre-written. Uh, let me know if, if, uh, if that makes sense. And so at your level, my level, it's irrelevant. Uh, it's irrelevant what was written. We don't know what was written. So I am making dua, asking Allah, Ya Allah, please give me X, Y, Z. And so I'm saying from, from a predestination perspective, my dua, uh, uh, whether it's pre-written or not, it doesn't matter. I can't say, okay, uh, if I didn't make this dua, this was going to happen anyway. No, because that's the future. Uh, let me know if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, you said thank you. Uh, yeah, Bob. Yeah, sorry, it looked like my, my mic was muted. So what I was saying that one of the things that you mentioned about miracle is the timing, but also like a lot of time in the interfaith event, like people claim they saw Jesus, they saw this, they saw that. Yeah. So isn't the objectivity also be part of any given time if anything happens for in order to convince the people or, or to witness the same event and tell to people on the other side who haven't witnessed make the big difference? If it is, it is objective, it's, it's witnessed by so many people and seen by so many people, for example. Because otherwise, I, anybody can claim and that could be, fo any claim could be easily falsified. Mm -hmm. See, in the case of the splitting of the sea, if, if, it's only, if only Musa is saying, doing it, then, then it's, it's more like a questionable, but there are a lot of group of people are witnessing it. Mm -hmm. So we can say, yeah, it is. It is something that not only happened, but also witnessed by, physically witnessed by, so witnessed, mm -hmm. witnessed by so many people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so one element to add to this is the element of trust when a miracle is being reported. So one part is, okay, how do we make it objective? And this is our other people witnessing this. And, and so in the case of, of the example of, of Dr. Mahan's mother, you know, there are other people who are witnessing that she's being disturbed, right? Something is disturbing her. Something is unsettling her. And then people are doing the math and it's happening exactly at the same time uh, that, that his brother gets kidnapped, right? Uh, and so there is, it, we can see other people have observed at least the, the matter of the timing. Um, and so, yeah, I would agree with you for that. If it's somebody reporting it, then it's a matter of, do we trust it? So this is the example of the prophet, peace upon him, coming back from the night journey. And there are some people who are saying, no, nope, we don't trust this at all. And it's even reported that there are some people who left the deen because they couldn't, they couldn't believe that the prophet went on the night journey. And, and so that comes down to, am I trusting the reporter? Then, of course, we also have the narrations that he's, he, he described all the caravans that are, that are going to uh, be coming in uh, from that time as, as evidence. And, and then this also applies to the book itself, right? My trust is in the Quran. My trust is in the Ummah's majority opinion on these things. And the overwhelming majority opinion of the Ummah is that, yeah, the, the sea literally split. Isa Islam was born without, without a father and so forth and so on. And so the key point is trust is going to be a big part of it. But I'm agreeing with you about the, you know, how to make something an objective observation. Considering we believe in jinns, uh, you know, it might even be objective, but people may not see what they thought they saw. Um, and an example of that is the crucifixion of Jesus, peace be upon him, right? We say he was not crucified, but it looked like he was crucified. So people thought he was crucified, but actually it did not happen. So it can even be an objective witness, but wrongly interpreted. And so those, so those are, are, are my thoughts of the uh, question. Let me know if, if you have a follow-up, inshallah. So bringing this back to uh, IS-66. So we made this 
you know, the event of, of the people being potentially turned into apes uh, as a deterrent for later generations, as well uh, a, a lesson for the people of Tukwa. This is what we're being taught. This is how to take the stories of previous generations. For the person of Tukwa, you take those stories as reminders, as warnings. This is what happens as you go down the wrong path. Good. And then, and so I'm suggesting even in IS-66, it is not as important from an objective historical perspective, was this population turned into, into uh, monkeys physically? But what is important is that you had this population of people who violated the spirit of the law for, for various reasons. Maybe it is because of lack of trust in the law like we discussed yesterday. And that is a lesson we have to take. Uh, as a warning for for ourselves, but we also have other lessons in uh, stories in the Quran of people being destroyed by natural phenomena, and again, same point that those are also to be taken as uh, as lessons for us. And so, what am I emphasizing? It's the meaning that we apply to it, and that we're being taught. Here's what the meaning is that we should be applying um, uh, for ourselves. That is also setting up the way for the final story of this course, which is a very famous story, which is the story of the slaughtering of the cow and how that plays out in terms of the miraculous and such we'll also be touching on. So having said that, uh, any other questions, comments, reflections about anything at all? So real quick, um, yeah. I have another story, but I'm gonna spare you. On, 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 your last, <laughs> on your last point, um, you know, it depends on the meaning we give to these things. Musab had a question or a, maybe a comment up uh, above. Aren't there small miracles like breathing? Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you for that. Um, were you going to say anything else or were you just drawing attention to that? Well, uh, it's, you can go ahead, but I think we're making the same. I, I just connected it to what you just said at the end of your comment. It's a, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Mustav, you're also making a very, very big point. Uh, 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 something else, and this is what I should have also written the notes in terms of what we define as a miracle, but you all did say it, is something that's an anomaly. Okay. And so instead of looking at it from something breaking the habit of how the world works, uh, that would also apply to Maryam alayhi salam asking Allah, how are you gonna, you know, or asking the angel, how am I going to have a child? I've never been with a man. She already knows that Allah Ta'ala can make it, can, can do that easily. She has that level of faith that food is being provided for her. Uh, but she's saying this is violating the sunnah of Allah. Or when Yahya is saying, uh, you know, how am I going to have a child? Even though he's making dua for a child, how is it going to happen? He's actually asking, you know, this doesn't fit in the sunnah of Allah. And the answer is that, okay, it's easy. But, uh, what about the things like what, um, what Musab is saying that are not anomalies that we don't even pay attention to because they're so commonplace? One is breathing, exactly, or the beating of your heart. Those, I think, are absolutely miracles. How is it happening? Meaning the miracle of life itself. Another is consciousness. You know, there, I, I, had, I was taking a class. This was a humanities class, but the teacher was a neurologist. And he was saying, we're never going to be able to explain consciousness. I mean, he, and this is a guy who has published something like, he's passed away, but he had published something like 100 articles, journal articles. And, and so, so the point being that uh, consciousness, I think, is another open miracle of, of, of the world. Or birth, I think, is an open miracle. It might seem less like a miracle because we can say, okay, step A happens, and step B happens, and step C happens, all the way until birth. Okay, but still, why is that happening? Good. That, I would say, is another open miracle that we don't consider just because it is commonplace. Uh, and so, yeah, Musab, thank you for, for, and then Dr. Mahan, thank you for drawing my attention to, to Musab's point. Uh, so, Stephanie, what is the difference between an eye and a miracle? Uh, sometimes no difference. Sometimes uh, think of ayah as a more general term. Uh, because Aya would also include anything in creation is a sign of God, whether it's something following the usual patterns or something not seeming to follow a, a pattern. So just think of those as two different categories. One is 
One is more of a general thing and one is within, within the Bayina uh, would be another category, something that's sort of like a clear proof. Any other questions, comments? Uh, Dr. Mahan, were you going to um, look at what I did say? Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add? No, no, thank you. Okay, sure. Dr. Oz, you, you want another say story, Omar? Let's do it. So, when my, fa my father when my father passed away, uh, it was uh, it was around like uh, uh, mid morning uh, Pacific time. So I had plenty of time to catch the flights and, and so forth and make it uh, to his uh, janaza. And I led his janaza. Alhamdulillah. So my mom was very proud of that. Okay, and uh, she would uh, uh, bring it up time and time again that uh, your father would have uh, uh, is would have been so happy and so and so and so forth. She never really uh, directly said that to do it for her for her as well. Mm. Now. Uh, a couple of Ramadans ago, she passed. And she passed at a time, it was just before iftar time over here, like it was around the same time over here. And now there are only one single flight connections. No flights from Vegas. There's one flight that's leaving you know, from LA within a couple of hours to get that flight is to another 30, uh, is a 40 minute window. I, I happened to get that flight, catch the flight, from LA to London uh, in that narrow window, get that. Now from, now in London, I'm sitting down thinking I've got plenty of time and so forth to catch the flight from Dubai on to Karachi, no problems. Turns out that the London flight gets delayed. And when I'm landing in Dubai, I'm saying, oh, oh God, there's no way I'm going to make that connection. Because if anybody who's flown to Dubai to Pakistan, you know that uh, the, the aircraft that leaves from Dubai, flies from Dubai to Pakistan are usually parked very far off from the terminal. So I, uh, it's about, a, and it usually becomes a 10 to 15 minute uh, uh, coach ride from the terminal building to the parked aircraft. So well, I get out of the aircraft, the people are handing out uh, boarding passes for a flight later in the afternoon and two or three hours later is the janaza for my mother. And I basically go off on the gate, uh, uh, on, the, on the gate agent that there's no way I'm gonna miss this and so forth. And there are several other people who are in the same boat as I am. But this guy, he takes me, says come with me and literally just a couple of gates down is parked the aircraft that's going to fly to Karachi. Oh, the, the flight has closed, but he takes me, he gets me on the flight, he, he gets the flight reopened, gets me on the flight, and I make it to the janaza of my mother and I'm able to lead it as well. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah, mashallah. Uh, and so, so, yeah. Uh, I take all these for, as far as I'm concerned, these are all literally miracles. And no science is being contradicted, but yet the perfect thing is happening at the perfect time. Go for it, Sadia. Um, so my uncle who passed away um, a long time ago, he had a heart attack and uh, he was at the hospital and after the surgery, probably doctors were not very confident he was going to make it. Um, and then in the morning, they come to the room and they see and all the signs of him being dead. They declared him dead. They informed the family and all. And then after the family arrives, he just suddenly came back. And he, it was just, uh, um, he mentioned his experience to be strange as if he was like being lifted uh, in the air up towards the heavens. And he says that, he said that um, 
uh, I heard uh, a, an angel saying that this is not the right, his name was Jamil. And so he said, this is not the right Jamil that was supposed to be here. It was as if like a roll call. And so he saw like a bunch of people in white garb and, you know, like all nice environment. And he was then sent back and he said that he felt like a jerk as if he was thrown down back to the earth. And then he started breathing again. Um, probably a matter of like few seconds or something or a minute or something, not too long. So the doctors were surprised because everything, they checked all the signs, they did CPR, everything. Um, but um, he was gone for that time. And when he came back, he described that experience. Um, it was interesting that he was not at all a religious man. Not at all. We never saw him praying or anything, but he changed after that experience. And I was curious because he described it in such vivid details that it's, I don't know, sometimes frightening. Angels could make a mistake too, or that, that mistake was made because Allah wanted to give him some type of a message. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're they see it was like, hey, yeah, so anyway, so, uh, <laughs> mashallah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah, you all reminded me yesterday, uh, this is very tiny compared to the grand stories you've all shared. So, so I had to give this, this live lecture that some of you saw. And first they told us it was 40 minutes. And, and I had to give a quick summary of six surahs. And I thought, how am I going to do that in 40 minutes? Okay. And as we're, we're preparing, uh, my, uh, they, sh they shrunk my time down to 30 minutes, 25 to 30 minutes. How am I going to do this? And, and so as I'm speaking, I'm watching the clock and I'm talking so quickly that I'm at minute 22 and I'm realizing I'm running out of time. Okay. I'm not going to have anything to say. This is live. This is, this is, this is not being recorded and then posted. And, and also as I'm giving this talk, I actually forgot 90% of what I was going to say. So it's literally little things are coming back to, to, into my memory. And, and I'm getting more and more frantic as I'm speaking. I don't know if anyone anywhere can tell, even the people who are sitting there in front of me and what happens, something that has never happened in this person's house is internet crashed. He's like an IT person. He's saying, I have a very, very sophisticated system. I don't know what's happening right now. And the internet crashed for, 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 for a couple minutes. Finally, he got it up and running and I literally had like one minute left. And so I gave some very, very last minute lesson. And so, so that miracle, absolutely. That, that, that was one of the best lectures you've given, mashallah. It was just a review of everything. But yeah, so you saw it when, when the internet crashed, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's literally, literally, you know, as I'm looking at the clock, you could probably even hear it in my pauses that, uh, you know, I'm running out of things to say. My brain is empty. I forgot everything I was going to say. And then boom, he's worried. And I was just thinking, SubhanAllah, that's the best thing that could have happened right now. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, then we came back on and there was some, you know, one last comment and then Q&A. Is that so, the one that Brother Mahat posted uh, or the one you gave yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one, Basir. I sent out to the Tanzim. Oh, you did? Okay. okay so I, was, I was like, oh my God, what? <laughs> Nobody can do it because you're doing like three suras and I, I watched it 30 minutes. I'm like, wow, like he's putting it all together. One surah in like in such a short time, I was like right on point. I didn't watch like the whole thing. I was going to watch it, but uh, that was like great. That, that was why I was dressed like Steve Urkel yesterday. Remember, you know, Dr. Kazi noticed, you know, with my, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and even to you make it more exciting. So I was stressed out for two weeks straight from the moment, moment they put me on the list until uh, the speech was starting. Uh, you have no idea how much, I mean, stay, I have stage fright about every single speech. And, and that one was really, really tormenting me. 
And then I went to my car, which I haven't driven in a month and a half, and the battery was dead. So then I had to, I had to borrow my father's car and, and drive. And this is literally the first time I drove a car in, in a month and a half, got to this person's place and, and did it all. And literally, I could not remember, I couldn't even remember the names of the surahs. I was that terrified. Like I had my phone in front of me and I could barely read. Like my hand is, is basically shaking. I'm keeping it off camera, I'm trying to look at what surahs am I supposed to do? Oh yeah, this surah and then this surah and blah, blah, blah. So miracle, I say so. Okay, uh, uh, any other last points anyone wanna share? Thank you everyone for sharing all of these, these, uh, these stories. Uh, like I said, in terms of the meaning that they give for me, they're, they're awesome. I love hearing these stories, mashallah. Uh, uh, one one quick thing. I think there are certain things um, like when Alsmanatala says there are signs. Um, it takes a little bit of effort to understand them, and you know they are they are calling us to think about them and reflect on them and and to understand. And they they can also lead us. Uh, so I I also heard someone that uh, the speed that Earth moves is like faster than the the bullet like the way it is going around but we feel like it is it is like still so it's a human perception also that uh, there are things going on but but uh, but you know if we really get to the science of it it is so miraculous like it's it's hard for us to get our hand, heads around it mm -hmm. especially now with the quantum mechanics how things are i mean Sometimes I, I recently watched some videos of quantum mechanics and you feel like there is nothing real in this world. But I mean, obviously, like if you like after a couple of weeks, you reflect on it, you're like, no, everything is like hard material. Like it, it is there. But, you know, in reality, it's not there. But so, you know, there are things around us that are actually like almost like a miracle. Like you, you if you think about uh, uh, about things uh, as old physics, uh, they, you know, it's, it's not really what it is as quantum physics. It doesn't make sense. In mm -hmm. Yeah, mashallah. Uh, I think that that's a wonderful point. One thing you're also reminding me that we didn't talk about in terms of the miraculous would be things like beauty. So for example, I think some of you have heard this, this point from me because I talk about it all the time. I was taking a class on cosmology and, and the teacher had, uh, broadcasted on the screen, a giant photo of a galaxy. And uh, I was trying to comprehend the size of the galaxy along with the beauty of the galaxy. It was just a standard Milky Way type spiral galaxy. And literally sitting in class, I was on the verge of fainting because my brain couldn't handle it. It was, uh, it was like I was maxing out my brain. That's the closest experience I have to Musa when he sees the, light, the ray of, of divine light that I couldn't take how this was so uh, uh, beyond uh, uh, anything I can comprehend in terms of size, and at the same time, it was so amazingly beautiful, mashallah. Uh, UFOs are also, um, uh, uh, I'm curious to see, I think what's more interesting about the UFO video is if the, if, the, if the government is releasing that video right now, okay, what are they really hiding? Um, or how bad are things if they're, got, uh, if they're saying, yeah, UFOs are real? I mean, tomorrow they're going to say, okay, yeah, the Illuminati are real too, you know, just because of how bad things really are. So, so who knows? You think uh, it's just a distraction? I mean, just to, to get things away from uh, COVID-19? So, so in terms of timing, okay, anything the government does, be 100% skeptical about timing. You know, government is not some humanitarian organization. Oh, yes, we have done our research and it is appropriate for you to know this now. Yeah, I don't think so. It's, it's totally a distraction. Or it's, they're hiding something else that is bigger. Uh, Sami, it was, it was released, but it was never officially endorsed uh, in the way it was uh, uh, this week. So, I mean, that is one of the theories of, of, of end times is, is that Al-Masih Dajjal is actually going to be fake UFOs and that is going to be a fake alien that is actually so we also always have to bring this back to that stuff too you know what else is scary about end times prophecies is that what the is going to do he's going to have your parents come back to life so to speak and to try to convince you to to follow him that I think is pretty frightening or he's going to have you come back to life to convince your kids to follow the Dajjal 
yeah, enjoy that one. Okay, uh, mathematics will eventually be able to answer a lot of things we see as a complete miracles right now. I think that's also very, very true. I think there's a lot of things that science does not have an explanation for, including, you know, the jet propulsion of those UFOs. That could actually be uh, American or Chinese science or something, you know, that, you know, they've just moved into the, the next phase. All righty, I actually have to run. So we'll end here, inshallah, and uh, we'll do the final story starting tomorrow. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka natubu ilayk. May Allah tell the word you all, inshallah. Wa akhirat da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum.